Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Uninformed Podcast. My name is Amani. I'm your host, and I'm here with my co-host, Jonah. Hey, guys. And I am here with four uninformed. Go ahead and introduce you guys. Hello, I'm Chandler. I'm your friend, Ethan. I'm also a friend. I'm Jared. Yo, it's Zach. What's up? Glad to have you guys with us tonight. Um, I want to start out by asking you guys a, a quick question. If you guys are, I don't know, uh, we're, we're all dudes here. I'm sure we're interested in video games and once in better of our lives. But have you guys ever heard of the game Detroit Become Human at all? No, I have not. Yes, I have, actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I know that one. I never played it, but I know it. Um, who, who, again, who was that? Who's, uh, who said they? Oh, I've heard of it. It's, is it uh, only for PlayStation? Like PlayStation Four? Um, I I like believe it's an all platform. I don't know if it's a oh. exclusive. Uh, okay, it might be PC um, too. Yeah. yeah, I know that one. It's the one but where I, like the they're like robots, but they look like humans. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Um, specifically androids. Androids. Um, they have a pretty strong connection in our topic for tonight. Uh, um, and they are androids that use artificial intelligence Ooh. artificial Ooh. intelligence and artificial Ooh. super intelligence so the government um, uh, do you guys real quick um right off the are any of you guys like uh what what are what are you guys familiar with like what, what comes to mind when you hear um artificial intelligence artificial super intelligence like what's the what's the first thing that comes to mind for you guys right now machine learning the future uh, Johnny Depp, Transcendence. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think of that $75 million robot that, like, talks and, like, there's creepy videos of her. Oh, what's her <laughs> Wait, name? Wait, do, do you happen to know her name at all? <laughs> I, did, I didn't even know she had a name. <laughs> Is it Linda? Is that her name? Is it Linda? No. Uh, it, does anyone else have a guess or no? Forget. Um, well, uh, her name... Uh, is Sophia? She's a humanoid Sophia, robot. Yeah, that's Sophia. Yeah. Um, I don't know if any of you guys have seen what she's been. Uh, actually, she was on a date with Will Smith uh, in 2018. Uh, I don't know oh, if you yeah, guys saw that. that video where uh, she kind of roasted him for his music. I believe uh, <laughs> he, he was he was okay. trying to woo her with, "Oh yeah, like I made songs back in the the 80s," and she interrupted him immediately and said. Uh, I've heard your music, not for me. It's <laughs> coming from a artificial, artificially intelligent robot. So I, I always thought that was uh, a pretty funny thing to th- uh, to hear that it Wait, wasn't even saying that's that. That's smart from the AI's perspective because yes. I robot Will Smith was the last person on Earth to not trust robots, so it makes sense to win him over first. <laughs> <laughs> Wait till she hears Jaden exactly. Smith's music. No, oh, man. She's going to like, she's going to have a circuit break. She's going to like freak out. Oh, that was a really good, that was a good pun, Zach. Thanks. I tried. <laughs> That's kind of short-circuited myself. But, um, like before, before I, we get way, way too deep into, uh, um, like, like future stuff, like, oh, uh, you know, uh, what will Sophia, what happens if like Sophia decides to like turn on us or whatever, uh, 
I'm sure you guys, uh, do you guys know any of like the origin history of like AI at all or no? Probably, I, I would a, assume probably, probably not. It's a pretty broad question. Let's just hear what you have to say about it. Well, um, back in 1950, uh, there was a guy named Alan Turing. Tur- mm-hmm. Turing, Turing, uh, I, saying his name is, uh, it, it's, it's weird. Um, Turing. Turing. Um, yep. he, um, he came up with an idea uh, of essentially a game um, to figure out whether or not um, if, if, uh, if, if people thought that machines could think. Um, he had posed a question, he had posed a question saying like, oh, at a, at a, at a, at a conference asking, do you guys think uh, machines could think? And he came up with a sort of game for that. Um, it was, and it ended up being called the Turing test. Uh, it essentially was an imitation game trying to see whether or not if a machine could actually trick another human being into uh, believing that the machine was actually a human. Um, and to be able to do that, the test would, uh, would include uh, three, well, there would be three components to this test. One would be an interrogator, there'd be a man, and there'd be a woman. However, one of them would be one of the man or the man or the woman would be a computer. And so essentially the person, the interrogator would be the person who is trying to figure out between the man and the woman, which one of them was the computer. And by doing that, by doing that, if the computer could successfully trick the interrogator into believing that they were actually human on multiple attempts, they would actually be able, they would, they would pass the uh, Turing test. Um, which is actually the uh, the the manner of what would actually be considered real artificial intelligence, whether or not, because for a computer to possess real artificial intelligence, it would have to be able to prove that it could um, handle actual conversation with a human being and be able to like hold um, uh, to hold like small talk in a sense, whatever with a with a person. Um, which is, I find kind of interesting, but right so now, basically, like, it, wait, sorry, I interrupt you. I have yeah. a question. Mm-hmm. So basically is it work? Like you have a conversation like over text, for instance, and you know, you're messaging this being on the other side and through the conversation, you figure out if the person on the other side is either a machine that's using AI to speak to you or another human. And then if you can't figure it out, or if you think it's human, that means yeah. that means the machine passed the Turing test, right? Yeah, yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. So essentially, um, every every person, every person, and the machine, like the two people and the machine, would be isolated from each other in a room, um, and the interrogator would be the person who would be asking questions to the per- to to the person and the machine. Um, however, at the same time, the machine would be trying to fool the person who is asking questions, the interrogator, into trying to make them think that they are actually human. And so far, so far as of today, there haven't been any legitimate passes for the Turing test. However, some, some people have, uh, some people and companies have um, claimed that they have passed the Turing test, but they have passed it in a more, in a more uh, simplified form. Um, from what I've seen, there hasn't been like a true 
uh, a true true chance of where a machine has actually been able to straight up say to a human or straight up make a human believe that they were actually talking to another human instead of a machine. You guys have any thoughts on that? I find it shocking that we haven't found any AI that can overcome that. I think part of the reason you find that so shocking is especially in today's society, People think of AI from what they see in movies and TV shows. And really where we're at in technology is not up to speed with where TVs project it to be. So you think of like iRobot, like we mentioned earlier, with these uh, robots that are almost sentient, that can hold full conversations, that um, you know can almost pass as as a living being, but we're, we're not to that point, uh, technologically yet. So I think that's part of the reason why you might be surprised to learn that no one has passed that test yet. Um, in it's true form just because we kind of have a skewed vision of what, where we're at with AI, because it's such a popular topic in TV shows and movies. That makes sense. Yeah. I immediately think of when you go to buy something, it asks you to identify like buses or stop signs the or captain. sidewalks. Oh yeah. The yeah. Cat, one of the most annoying things to be <laughs> to go through on the internet. <laughs> yeah, all just to figure out you're not a robot. Um, and that's yeah, what I you know that it. those those are actually those actually train AI. I don't know if you guys are gonna get to that, but those are actually training artificial intelligence systems so that they know what to pick that's actually i I saw this thing on recaptcha and it's it's really fascinating but the recaptcha test has increasingly had to become you know more difficult over the years because computers will you know through ai they'll always overcome the test and they'll always eventually be better than a human and Hmm. right now like yeah the the thing that we're doing is what you know finding traffic signs and buses like jared said the computer right now is faster at picking those things than humans are. But the, the way that the computer knows that it's not another computer that's passing the recapture test is the time it takes. Cause it takes the humans a few seconds, but a computer, it does it really fast. Mm. <laughs> so it's actually, so because we're slower, that's how it knows that we're not a computer. It's pretty cool. The real and, uh, thing of those tests is when it says like pick all pick all blocks with a motorcycle and then the mirror part of the mirror is in another block and like part of the <laughs> exhaust is in a separate oh. block it's like yeah. well that's part of the bike is this block one is it not and then you select it and you're wrong if you don't select it you're wrong so you just gotta <laughs> keep going through <laughs> when it says like you know pick the dog and it's in only like three blocks I, I mean, it kind of makes sense. The computer can pick it faster because the AI or the computer can like analyze, I don't know, millions of images, I guess, and just compare it uh, to the ones in the capture, recapture. So I guess it makes sense to me, but yeah, I don't know. It's, it's very interesting because I mean, I'm going to reference a video game just like real quick, but uh, I did see an instance where like, I guess I'll spoil like a tad bit of Halo, but there's an instance where um, the UNSC, I think that's what it's called. Um, it's like the United States uh, Space Command. That's what it's called for Halo. And what they did was they made a, 
a clone or like a modified version of Cortana to trick Cortana and to like <laughs> capture or destroy her. But I think I thought that was kind of interesting. So eventually we could like make clones or uh, variations of AI to trick other AI to thinking that they're actually part of the same AI. Which that would, that would be really, really fascinating if we could do that in the future. But we're definitely, I feel like we're not at that level yet, at least. No, no, we're not. And that would be fascinating. And that's kind of, we'll kind of touch on that in a little bit. Yeah. But let's, uh, let's jump back into continuing to learn the history of AI first. Um, so going back, going back to uh, that Turing test, um, because he, uh, Al, Alan Turing, he is kind of the, like, kind of the face of the earliest, like, generation of thinking of how we are going to try and define what AI is. Um, the, the first time that someone, that uh, someone uh, decided to try and attempt to try and go with or try and do challenge the uh, Turing test, they, it took them a year. It took them a year to develop an AI that could essentially um, just play a game of checkers, just playing, just playing a game of checkers. And I, I know it, it sounds, it sounds weird. Like how would that kind of relate to, to uh, the, the Turing test? Um, but <laughs> checkers, like as, as, as we all played, we've all played as, uh, we've all played checkers as kids, right? I'm assuming. Yes. Um, well, there, there are some pretty actual, um, uh, some, some pretty, oh, what's the word I'm thinking, I'm looking for, uh, strong, not strong, strong, uh, there, there are some principles to checkers that kind of, uh, work for interacting because you kind of want to learn to like read your opponent and try and guess what your opponent is thinking in checkers, right? Like, do we, do we agree with that? Yes, yeah. sir. Yeah. Um, well, for a machine to be able to pass that in checkers, um, they have to essentially be able to understand what's going on in the game and learn what their opponent is doing. Um, and that kind of falls slightly underneath the Turing test, but it wouldn't completely fall under, it wouldn't completely pass it. Um, it would be able, a computer being able to play checkers would essentially be able to, uh, would essentially be able to uh, demonstrate that it has an understanding of how the game works and how um, being able to play against another opponent who is real time thinking against them and trying to and trying to uh, fight whatever moves that it's making. So it would, for one, it would. It, it's not like you're asking straight up questions to the machine, um, but it's more like if you were to take your moves against the machine and frame them and like say like okay, so think of like taking one move is like asking a question to the machine. Okay, how would you react against this? And then it would react back, and then you would do another move, and then the machine would act react back to that move. And it it doesn't completely pass the Turing test because well, again you're not holding an actual conversation, but uh, if you'd like, if you'd like to think of it this way, um, using moves to try and tell what you're thinking to the other, to the, to the computer, um, basically would be giving it an understanding of, oh, okay, so this is what you are thinking. This is how I'm going to react to that. So in a, in a sense, 
it's kind of uh, what I've saw is called a diluted Turing test. And at that point, um, it passed. And it's only gotten better to, uh, to these days because now we have uh, so we have um, we have uh, AI that play chess. I'm not, have you guys ever like heard of like the chess computers oh, yeah. that have like beaten like grandmasters and stuff like that? Have you guys heard of that? Yeah, yeah. I've heard of it a little bit. Yeah, and chess is like you guys heard the 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 phrase like wow, well this person's playing checkers, well this person is playing chess, right? It's like chess is a yeah. whole another different level compared to checkers. Um, and it's, it's, it's essentially like, like chess is, it's, it's a very strategical mind reading type of game. And for an AI to be able to understand those concepts in chess, um, essentially give it that little like boost to semi pass the Turing test. Um, even though, again, you're not holding an actual conversation with like said machine, um, it's more like speaking through your moves, if that makes sense. Is that, yeah. is that you're still that passing information between it, yeah. between you know yourself through your moves. So yeah. still passing a conversation through information. Yeah. Of moves. Yeah, um, depending on what type of move you make. Like if you're going too poor with the piece, like for checkers or whatnot, it's, you're showing how aggressive, like your aggressive style. Um, if you're waiting patiently and only moving certain pieces, like you be deflecting and I mean eventually I guess AI would pick up on it, but it would just take a while to for it to read and calculate it, probably process it. A really good example of somebody playing chess while other people are playing checkers is New England Patriots coach Bill Belichick plays chess while the other 31 coaches play checkers. So just just if you were trying to find a real world uh, application to that. That's uh, <laughs> that's a good one. What's the game called when he takes the pieces from the opponents and then he just like just plays to win? Like he has uh, all the pieces. Like he, I think he kind of redefines the game. Yep. But I don't know. I'm 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 just like being sarcastic. Oh, I love your sarcasm, dude. <laughs> oh, thanks. Yeah. It was pretty dry. It, it was. Yeah. No. Nice. <laughs> we need that sound blood though. <laughs> nope. <laughs> All right, what else we got? This is really good, man. I love this um, stuff. No, no. So so can continuing on with that because uh right, um that was that was 50 years ago. Um so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna jump ahead um uh just a just a little bit. Um so not not too not too long after that. Um have have you guys heard? Okay, I, I'm just gonna quick ask. Um, have you guys ever heard of like, or like at least heard in like conversation, like projections of how fast um, uh, AI is has the ability to learn at all? Like, have you guys have, have any? Have you guys ever heard of stuff like that at all, or no? Mm-hmm. Instant. Yes. Yeah. yeah, vaguely. It's been a while. Yeah, you're gonna take um, the world. Yeah, I've heard of stockfish and and deep, uh, I think deep minds for chess. Mm-hmm. They have the ability to constantly keep learning. Mm-hmm. Um, well, uh, I, I it was mentioned. Um, uh, I believe I think it was uh, Chandler, right? You said the the machine learning. Huh? I said that. Or Ethan. Yes, Ethan, sir. was that you? Machine learning. Yeah. 
Um, yes, well, that that is now tying in because the machine learning um, is uh, was one of the things that initially after um, the whole uh, checkers thing happened. Um, machine learning was a, a very like strong base point for how um, AI were, were being created. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of, um, have you guys ever heard of the term deep faking at all or no? Of course, of course. Yes. Of course. Yeah. Um, Be careful uh, well, if you Google image search that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, disclaimer to uh, disclaimer to the audience: uh, um, the term deep faking is probably one of the most uh, notable uh, feats of machine learning. Um, it takes it, what the what deep faking is is that it takes a series of pictures. Um, let's say you have a person. Let's say let's say you have a person that you want to make a video of talking with their own face and saying words that you want them to say. Um, with deep faking and machine learning, you can take a bunch of pictures from whatever uh, person that you are using and then put them, into, uh, put them into a program that uses machine learning and it will essentially replicate whatever this person's facial expressions are while they're talking. Um, and if, 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 you guys know where I'm going with this. Um, it can be used for just about anything you want to put anybody's face on. <laughs> so if I wanted, if, if one of you guys, for example, wanted to have me, have me say, I don't know. Um, let's see. Uh, how, how can we keep this family friendly? Uh, <laughs> if, if one of you guys wanted to have me say, oh, you know what? I think today is a great day to take a nap on top of my car while I'm completely naked or something like that, right? I've, I've, never, I've never personally said that to anybody, but with machine well, learning- and You just faking, said it. Yeah, you well, said it to five different people. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, it's already out there, so. <laughs> Wait, well, delete the vibe then. Um, if, if, you, if you guys wanted to have me say that, you could put in a bunch of pictures of me uh, into a, uh, a machine learning program that would take all of the pictures that I have um, of me, of my face, and kind of build a facial replica of the way that I would talk. And then <laughs> all you would have to do is overlay that with whatever you wanted me to say, and it would be able to say it with the exact same, with the exact same or close to facial expressions that I would be, that I would be doing be um, while talking. So it's, it's, it's questionable at best, cool as hell at best. Um, but I'm sure anybody could uh, see where that could be used to uh, have its uh, more nefarious <laughs> methods. Yeah. Mission impossible. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> with my, from my understanding with those, you have to have, so let's say, yeah, if we're doing a video of you laying on a car saying something, if you want to do that, Naked. you'd have to, yeah, you have to have a, if we're doing, if you're doing a facial one, you need to just have someone laying in a car and then it just maps your face to that actor. Mm. Right. Or are you yes. saying that it's generating new, it's generating 
because you said that it would go with your facial expressions, but if it's mapping to uh, like an actor putting your face on him, then it would just be using the, the actor's facial expressions. <laughs> or is there something different? That's um, just the ones that I've seen. No, no, that, that is, that is, um, that is one of, one of the uh, forms of that as well. Um, I believe that's like a, also like a more, uh, uh, what is it? Um, I, I believe there actually are like mainstream apps that you can use that for. Right. Um, but uh, from, from what I've seen, you can, there are also uh, programs that you can, that you can use that uh, um, actually take that specific like set into effect. Um, you can see a real low scale version of this. If you open up Instagram and you're just scrolling through, how often do you see uh, they have somebody's face lined up with, uh, somebody else's voice and it looks like they're actually saying you know what the other person it'll be like a, a an average joe like any of us yeah generic kind of dumbed down version but like it, it, he mentioned about like there are just you know apps out there um so that's kind of i mean it can be used for more notorious reasons kind of like he was he was mentioning but it's also used as a, you know, a, a fun like button on Instagram just because people think it's kind of cool to make it sound like you're saying what Joe Biden said last week or whomever. Like the, 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 same, the same way, um, like in uh, some like, uh, like movie, movie productions, like now, nowadays where like, uh, C, like CGI films and all that stuff or, how, or CGI in films, is like very prevalent and everything. Um, uh, one of the ways that uh, AI now are using that kind of capability is like for people who are just like not human or for characters that are just not human. Um, it makes it like thousands of times easier to uh, just have that mapped onto, onto like a, a character's face while instead of actually having to um, like, create costumes and sets and all that stuff for for like a specific character but and a really good example of that with humans is the fast and furious movies when paul walker uh passed away far too young before the end of the film was shot and they wanted Mm -hmm. to give him a nice farewell so they had his brother who kind of looks like him step in but then they 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 took i remember reading an article on it it took them forever and they used like thousands and thousands of pictures to put it together to make it look like it was paul walker at the very end of the film right and and to get it to be more realistic you have to have a lot of reference footage for the for the system to you know take reference of and put onto the act the new actor's face exactly <laughs> so for actors, and that's why for it's actors kind of a, celebrities yeah. it's, that's why Sorry. it's better for actors and celebrities because there's so much footage from their movies that you know systems can use uh, as reference footage. Whereas for like me or you, there's not nearly as much footage. Um, maybe there is. I don't know how many pictures, videos you guys have, but you know, as a celebrity <laughs> compared, compared to a celebrity, I'm sure there's less footage of us, so it'd be harder to to get a deep fake of us. Ethan, you're yeah. a celebrity in my eyes. Bro, I I really appreciate <laughs> that, Zach, and, and same to you, man. You're welcome. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that's why it was a little easier to do Paul Walker just because he had 
filmed a ton of movies and they had thousands of hours of footage. And even right. if anybody hears a, a Marvel fan in Weird. the movie Captain Marvel, they made Samuel L. Jackson look 20 years younger. And I mm -hmm. remember reading about that. They used uh, movie uh, footage from when he was younger and super kind of imposed that over his face now. So he still acted everything out now. And then in post-production, they went back and were able to take clips from when he was younger and pictures and put it all together to make him look younger. Right. They did that in Henry Cavill's Superman movie as well with his mustache, right? Yeah. yeah they got, Henry Cavill, yeah. yeah. That, but that's yeah. a really bad example. <laughs> well, I know they did in the film Gemini. I think it was a Gemini Man. Yeah, I think that's what it's called, with Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, because... His adversary was him, like, younger, pretty much. So what they did was, I think they just shot the scenes scenes with Will Smith, like, on both, like, the older version, they just, like, kept how it was. And then the younger version, they shot the scenes, but then they went back and did touch-ups and, uh, like, After Effects and uh, other programs to make him, his appearance look younger than it actually was. All right. Hey, Money, where are we at with uh, are we um, caught up the modern day yet? Are we? Uh, yeah, still, uh... I'm getting I'm getting ready to pass over to you real quick. Um, so uh, the, the last last real quick thing. Um, with, with the uh, with types of AI, with uh, with AI, there actually are types of AI where um, we have been able to sort of define um, there, there's there's kind of a general consensus of the definitions of uh, the types of AI um, that have came out because of the Turing test. Um, they uh, they are one artificial narrow intelligence, uh, artificial general intelligence, and artificial super intelligence. And right now, right now um, we're in the artificial narrow intelligence kind of uh, stage of things. Um, as as we speak like even with like the sophia like uh, humanoid robot um technically right now uh, she would only still fall underneath artificial narrow intelligence because it she um can perform uh singular tasks um better than most humans could well not most like pretty much better than any human could <laughs> because she has a processing system but um if Sophia were eventually to get to a higher stage, the next stage that she would be reaching is uh, AGI, which is artificial general intelligence. But right now, um, we are in the artificial narrow intelligence stage of field, um, which is most most modern day uses of AI. And so I'm gonna pass the mic over to Jonah um, to tell you guys a little about most of the modern day uses of uh, AI. Thanks, buddy. I appreciate it. Very well done. I, uh, I learned a lot. And I think it's important to kind of touch on the history of AI, because you want to understand where something is coming from and the intention that goes into something. And then especially with AI, like A-Money mentioned it, the original dates all the way back to the 50s and 60s. Um, so now we're at a place and I'm not going to touch on this too long because I think we can all kind of think of modern day uses of AI. And uh, I'm just going to point out a couple that you may not uh, think about, but everyone 
except for maybe Chandler on this discussion, oh. who probably still uses a flip phone because he lives off the grid in the middle of nowhere. Uh, <laughs> probably has a form of AI in their pocket or in their hand right now. And if you have uh, Alexa or Siri or uh, any type of application like that with your phone, that is considered a modern day use of AI. You can ask your phone, hey, Siri, hey, Alexa, what's, you know, what's the temperature outside? And she's able to find the answer for you and talk to you. So, and you can actually tell them jokes or ask them to tell you a joke. And I know at least Siri tries her best. They're not always good. Every once in a while, you get one that's so bad, it's, it's comical. <laughs> but that's a good modern day use. Uh, I think most people probably take advantage of or use. And in that vein, we also have, how many of you have locks on your phone? Me. Do you, do you use yeah, do. A, a passcode? A number or uh, letter sequence, or do you use facial rec? I, I think it's both button. for me. <laughs> like it depends. Like if my face, if the if my phone can't read my face, then I usually enter the password. Sometimes I just enter the password myself. But so Tish, that's a prime example of artificial intelligence. Because it's if I were to go and try to open your phone, it'll quickly scan my face and realize that I'm not you and it won't let me in. Whereas it knows mm. certain pinpoints on your face and features on your face and it will allow you in. So that's another modern day use. There's also uh, they're very hopeful in the near near future about AI use in the medical field. They've really been studying genealogy, which is the study of DNA and your genes to try and predict at a younger age, you know, Ethan, maybe you're susceptible to Alzheimer's or Jared, maybe you're susceptible to um, diabetes when you're older. Uh, and if they can use those markers to kind of predict if you're at a higher risk of developing cancer or any other kind of disease like that, then maybe you can get ahead of it at an early age and do stuff to either postpone that or put it off entirely. But the DNA code is so complex. It's not something you can't just go to your doctor and say, Hey, read my DNA code and tell me <laughs> what I'm, what I'm at risk for. So they are, they're hopeful that artificial intelligence can help um, a lot in the medical field, as well as uh, performing various procedures with artificial intelligence, it might be more precise than uh, human because with humans, there's always room for error. And even the Air Force kind of all branches of the military, but I picked the Air Force because they're the ones with the, the fighter pilots that fly. There's with humans, there's always room for error. Whereas when it's a machine, they just do what they're told. So if you can program something in or if you have artificial intelligence that can react faster than a human, then that would be more beneficial as well as not having to have a loss of human life while operating those. Um, so I, I just kind of thought that was, that was interesting. Um, 
some of the, the concerns right now with AI is AI is a code and that means a, a person is coding it and every person inherently has some sort of bias. Whether you know it or not, there you have some sort of bias when it comes to certain types of people, certain sports teams, certain agendas, whatever it may be, you have biases. So people writing the code could subconsciously put their biases into the code that turns that AI program into a biased program, which I thought was, was very interesting because I hadn't thought about that. You think of AI and it's always learning on its own, but if it kind of starts from a, a place of bias, it'll continue down that path. So I thought that was interesting. Um, so, I, and I'm sure you can all kind of name certain AI features that are used in modern day technology. Does anybody else have any examples they can think of that could be AI? Yeah, I was gonna say, I didn't wanna interrupt you, but back on the, uh, the Siri thing, I think that, uh, I don't wanna say this, but I, I think that that Siri one was either a weak example or maybe not even an example of AI. I would say that, you know, that joke example is, you know, pre-programmed response that's not really learning, machine learning. I would say an even better example would be um, on, on modern smartphones, for instance, the charging. It, it knows, uh, you know, when you wake up based on how you set your alarms every morning. And so it has a pattern that it learns and then it'll not charge your phone all the way, keep it at 80% throughout the night or whatever the number is, and then charge it to full uh, right before you wake up just to preserve battery life. And it learns that it does, it, that's not that those actual numbers are not pre-programmed into that. I would say that's a good example of AI. Yeah, that, that definitely what? is a good example. And just to touch on the Siri thing, the Siri ones, so you are right. It's not because it's not learning. Like if you tell Siri to tell you a joke, it's not, it's not learning what kind of jokes you write. And if you tell Siri, what's my name? It, it looks into the data to see whose phone it is, what you have programmed in. If I change my name and my contacts, then Siri is going to call me a different name. But it is, it is kind of roped into that arena because down the line, they, they want it to be uh, an AI feature where you can talk to your phone and it'll learn your responses, kind of like you were talking about with your alarms. It wants to be able to learn what you do, um, when you do it, how you do it, why you do it. So it can always be ready for whatever you're going to ask. So and it's not, it's not a perfect example of AI, but it's still kind of like, I would call it like in the ballpark, but it's probably still out in the yeah. field. I, I didn't point. mean, I didn't, I, I mean, yeah, Google assistant and Siri, that is an example of AI. I meant specifically the joke one because the, just specifically the joke example is a pre-programmed response. Yeah, <laughs> but I will say the yeah. other thing about yeah, those are yeah of course yeah of course the Siri and the Google Assistant are, are very uh, involved in machine learning of course but but also I was going to say about that bias thing so from my understanding the like you were saying how someone codes an AI um, and they might have a bias from my understanding the code of the coder who you know the team that makes some artificial intelligence. That will be, you know, without bias. That, that, of course, that's the goal. But 
the database that it learns from, that is inherently biased. Whatever database that an AI gets its references from, gets, you know, gets all the machine learning from, if it gets it from the internet, for instance, that's biased. Like, uh, like Google search results, for instance, um, people have like claimed it to be biased or uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, like uh, supporting a certain Subjective. viewpoint whenever you, yeah, a certain viewpoint whenever you Google something. Um, and, you know, there's a whole thing about is it biased or is it supporting that? But it's just, it's just learning from what people click on. You know, it's a massive database it has. So it, it provides you with what most people, you know, will click on or whatever. Right. So the, and- the data, yeah, the database that it learns on is, is the bias, not necessarily the initial program. Yeah, that, that's, a, that's a fair point. And especially to the Google point you referenced, uh, I know companies and or Google itself can manipulate the search results so that it shows you what it wants to show you, maybe not what you're looking for. So I know every, and it's, all, it's, it's a big thing every four years during the election cycle, if you type in like in this last one, if you typed in Biden, you would see certain kinds of results pop up. And if you typed in Trump, you would see different kinds of results popped up. So, and I'm not, I'm not saying that as a political statement. I'm just using that as an example to show that, you know, the people that run Google have a vested interest one way or the other, or it's just what, what they want to show people. And I think it is interesting that even if, if the coders aren't biased at all, like you said, if they, where the databases are pulled from, where they're learned from, they're completely different. Like if you had one that only looked at CNN and information and one that only looked at Fox information, they're going to be extremely different programs by the time they start learning because there's so much conflicting information between the two. So I, I think that's, that's kind of an interesting aspect as well, that even if they are created purely, uh, neutral without bias that you can inherently learn bias and i think that that's the same for people so it's it's kind of hard to tell if you know if you create a a pure ai without without bias like that Uh, but another quick one and then i'll move on and i'm sure this is one we've all come across especially with the holiday seasons having just passed how many of you have googled playstation 5 and then you go on and look at it and then three minutes later you're on instagram and you start seeing ads for playstation 5 (laughs) yeah i (laughs) i know we've all experienced that so i actually shut that feature off yeah well that was probably smart of you but that's that's an example of ai (laughs) because it's it's learning what you search for what you want to see and then it's showing it to you in ads on other platforms and so, yeah, Jonah, Jonah, just a real quick add on that as well. Um, not even just on Instagram. I, I think also even a bigger one. Um, you guys like do uh, do we all use YouTube here? I'm assuming most of us do. Yeah. Um, yes. are, are you when you click like if you just were to straight up click on YouTube, like search YouTube on Google and then click on it, um, it would show you right there on your home, your home uh, on the home page. Um, 
the things that you've like clicked on most to or uh, anything that's relevant to that topic that you've been clicking on um, will be right smack there. First thing you see uh, the second you click onto that link. Um, and that is yep. the YouTube's uh, AI, AI algorithm figuring out like, oh, well, you've watched this, you've watched this, you've watched this. So I'm going to start pushing this to you and this to mm -hmm. you and this to you to make sure you see like, oh, well, I'm adjusting to what you're searching for on YouTube. And it, it happens. It happens so fast. Um, so fast. Like you could be going that like, I don't know, like, have you guys like gone down that YouTube rabbit hole or like you yeah. start at one place and then you end up somewhere completely different from where you were? Yeah. Um, yeah well, it's like the YouTube algorithm will literally uh, uh adjust to that and so like you'll see like searches or whenever you click on like the youtube like whatever and get to that home page it'll show you uh results that are somewhat similar to what you first searched and also maybe right next to that it'll show you results to when you got all the way to somewhere where you were not planning to go right next to that um that's all the, the machine learning and ai um algorithm that youtube uses to uh help you find things that you're looking for or things that it thinks that you might be interested in. I've seen this recently too on YouTube. I guess within like maybe a few months. Uh, YouTube asks asks you asks you ah, Good that one? like <laughs> yeah more <I'm all> right. <laughs> um, like how you felt watching this video like what you're what you would rate it or would you watch it again or and then based yeah. on that it will recommend you videos that are similar to that. And then sometimes like, like if you can, you can click onto a video and then it'll just give you a survey. It'll just be like an ad survey. Have you seen these movies recently? Have you watched these shows recently? Or like, have you used these products? And then if you clicked on any, or you could just skip it. But um, if you clicked on any of them, you might see them later, uh, like ads at the beginning or the middle of the video that were the ones you clicked or ones that you haven't clicked. It all depends on the question. And also like if say like because of your purchasing habits, um, you, the, the website knows what, what tracks your information because you're pretty much allowing, unless you, there, there are ways to disable it like ad blocker and other ways too. But, um, Websites, what they do is they sell your information. So they will take your cookies, your metadata, metadata, and then they'll sell it to other sites and then they make money off of it. So that's part of the reason why Google and other sites have ads curated to you when you visit those sites. If you haven't watched The Social Dilemma, anybody, that was for anyone. It's freaky. Yeah. I think I've heard <clears throat> Yeah, data, data is... Uh, any individual's data is what uh, like what companies want now. That's what sells. That's what's a uh, premium is on. Yeah. Because you know selling your data can give a company so much information to what to target you. You know what to give you ads so you can buy things. You know the data is really what's uh, premium today. Yeah. Exactly. Which is good. I love that stuff because I get ads that are relevant to what I'm interested in. And what I'm looking for, if I'm looking, if I search up, you know, if I want to get a new desk, I get ads for desks that I would never seen before. And I think that's really good. Because I it wouldn't want to get a random it, ad for it, condoms. Like or you just said, it shows you stuff that you may not have ever seen by looking on your own. So there's definitely uh, some pros to that. And it does help you out because 
maybe you couldn't find the price for the desk that you wanted, but then you come across an ad on Facebook that has what you're looking for at the price you're looking for. So it, it tried to help you out. And that's, I know a lot of people get annoyed by those and they don't like it. Yeah. I but don't, Cause the, I feel like I'm being stuck. <laughs> yeah. I can see that. Yeah. And I get that, but the premise behind it is it's trying to help you out. And I do understand how it could be annoying, but it, it inherently comes <laughs> from a good place. So yeah. segueing from good places, uh, I think Game Money is just going to touch on a quick couple pros of AI. So if you want to go ahead and touch on those. Yes, uh, of course. Because um, uh, we, we, we were talking about uh, things that are going on nowadays, but I also do want to look forward um, to the future. And I, I, you guys tell me whether or not um, uh, you agree. I, I think there are definitely some pros and cons to uh, humans uh, developing artificial super intelligence. <laughs> would, would you guys, would you guys agree with that? I think, are I you an AI right, right now? now? I think there's more uh, cons right now than there are pros. <laughs> uh, we, we, will, we, will we will definitely get to that. Um, but I, I do wanna give a, a, quick, uh, a quick explanation to uh, people in, in uh, like uh, viewing right now. Um, we are only, like I said before, we are at the very first stage of uh, artificial intelligence. There's, there's, there's three agreed upon collective stages that art, uh, artificial intelligence um, has. It's the artificial narrow intelligence, which is the one that we're at right now. Uh, artificial general intelligence, um, which is one that is sort of speculated that we'll be at within... Um, the next like 30, 40 years. Um, like I said, uh, Sophia is on the very cusp of becoming artificial general intelligence. Um, she, she, right now she can uh, do, uh, she can handle uh, the conversation with people. She can handle, um, and she can interact with, with people as if like she is just about a human being, but it's, it's still pretty obvious that like, yeah, she's not um uh based off of responses but um where and then uh, following up after that is artificial super intelligence um that one is more so defined as being at uh rec being recognizable to any human being a machine that's recognizable to any human being but also has the ability to act think and depend on itself more so than any human being can in whatever lifespan has, but a million times better, a million times more efficient, a million times um, just better in general. Um, and as Chandler just said, um, there are cons to that, mm -hmm. but I will not be discussing those cons. Right now, um, I'll be discussing the pros of having um, uh, artificial intelligence that is potentially millions of times faster, smarter, and just better than human beings. Um, for one, Jonah did bring up um, uh, the medical field, the medical field. Um, artificial, artificial superintelligence would be pretty much invaluable in the medical field. Um, uh, like with just taking a, just take a chance to imagine if um, instead of having 
any really semblance of like human error uh, with like any kind of life threatening surgeries, like surgeries that have uh, successful percentage chances of like 0.01%. Uh, artificial superintelligence could like chain could uh, has the potential to make those uh, surgeries damn near like a 90% to 100% a success rate. Um, artificial intelligence as the, the ability to be able to save people's lives that right now would seem almost impossible um it could think of uh, it could think of ways to be able to save people's lives with a growing um uh, growing new organs being able to think of ways to to uh, um to uh save save lives that are like outside the uh, physical possibilities of humans because they'd be able to act much quicker. They'd be able to respond much quicker to situations that would be going on in an operating room that uh, most humans might actually panic, like thinking of full on brain transplants, full on like large body pieces, like transplants. Like if someone were to be cut in half or whatever, trying to reassemble a body like that, um, and bringing them back, um, could be in the realm of super artificial intelligence's uh, potential. It, it's a very strong possibility. Um, it's finding cures to all types of diseases. Um, cancer, cancers for one, the hundreds and hundreds of types of cancers um, are super artificial intelligence. It could find ways to uh, eliminate that from being a problem to humans. It could. Uh, it could figure out ways to deal with the gene pool for autism. It could figure out, it could figure out ways to safely, um, safely find ways to uh, help uh, humans find ways to get over like simple things like the common cold. Like we can't, we, there's our vaccine for the common cold, but like, you know, everybody still gets sick, like, you know, still happens um, in the medical field specifically. Uh, artificial superintelligence is is honestly it's it's a must in in my in my in my opinion um, I believe it could be incredibly 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 helpful um, in in that field there's all types of potentials that it could use to um, like solve all kinds of problems um, along with that um, which is crazy the crazy thing about that uh, and again, like it's it's speculated, not 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 well, not probably not in our lifetime, but maybe 100, 200, 300 years from now, we could be approaching like a baby stage of artificial superintelligence um, and those kinds of possibilities. Like those would be what your great great grandkids uh, generation. They could be they could be in a generation where they don't have to worry about getting cancer. They don't have to worry about getting Parkinson's. They don't have to worry about getting all these like awful kinds of diseases or um, disabilities that just make it really hard for people like us nowadays to live with. Um, artificial superintelligence could be an answer for that. Um, it's it's, it's going to be kind of funny, like years from now, like the other generations are gonna look back at us and be like, "What the heck were they doing?" Whenever, <laughs> like, all the smart people trying to create this stuff, whenever it's so much simpler, then I think it's gonna be kind of funny. Chandler, um, you're on the ball today because you've said several things I want to touch on 
when they money is gone. So you're yeah. you're in the oh, yeah. you're in a really great mind space right now. I'm very <laughs> impressed. Um, and then adding to that, um, there are also like world problems today um, that we have going on uh, that artif- artificial intelligence could have artificial super intelligence could have a, a big role of playing in. Um, one of those could be uh, so, uh, could be figuring out how to make economic systems work better um, so that uh, more people would not have to be living on streets and stuff like that. Uh, artificial intel- artificial superintelligence could could find a way um, it, there, there's the potential that artificial superintelligence could find a way to figure out how to, hot take, <laughs> uh, figure out differences between um, human beings and make them see opportunities that we haven't been able to find before that could uh, allow common ground to be achieved between different, differing sides of opinions. Um, artificial intelligence, again, artificial superintelligence does have that ability because uh, at, a, at its base, at its base is hundreds of thousands of times smarter, faster and quicker than a human being. So what's to say that they wouldn't be able to instantly figure out, oh, how do we solve this problem? How do we, how do we, how do, uh, how to solve uh, problems between differences between um, different types of people, how to solve, um, uh, how to keep humans out of conflict. And I know that sounds very idealistic, <laughs> very, We're very idealistic. So many um, secrets with this stuff. Um, but at the at the same time, um, it's it's it it does fit within the realm of possibility because artificial superintelligence does have that potential. It's just it, it's hard to get an idea of how much faster and smarter and just quicker thinking artificial superintelligence could be compared to an actual human being. Um, and that it, it, it's it it's just it's in, it's pretty much impossible to fathom, but it could very well solve problems that seem completely unsolvable today um, within a matter of seconds. Uh, and uh, those, are, those are definitely um, some big, big, stand, uh, big, big good things that uh, I could see for um, artificial superintelligence. But That's as cool. you know, as you guys know, um, Artificial superintelligence has the potential to spin the complete opposite way <laughs> and uh, not be as helpful or as um, uh, uh, good for humans as I have been laying it out. Um, and I'm sure Jonah uh, would love to talk about the potential problems uh, that could go wrong with artificial superintelligence or just AI in general um, if it were not to turn out being as helpful. And this is also where we're going to open up the floor to you guys to input as much as you guys like on uh, what you guys think about the potential of, should we have artificial intelligence? Should we do it? Or should we, should we leave it alone? So I'm gonna be passing the mic over to Jonah and Thanks, take buddy. it away. So I thought what Chandler said was extremely interesting when we first started mentioning we were going to cover pros and cons and he, he said he thought there were way more cons than pros. And I think not to call you out because I, 
I probably tend to agree with you, but <laughs> with the con like that, sh- that shows your inherent bias. I know a lot of people that think AI will be the best thing to ever happen to the human race. And a lot of people that think AI will be the worst thing to ever happen to the human race. It'll make everybody. So think, well, sorry, I cut you off. No, you're good. And I'll, I'll touch on that briefly, but I just think it, a lot of it is where your mindset is on not just technology, but the future of technology specifically in this scenario, artificial intelligence, because like I said, you, you clearly don't think that it is a good thing going forward. Not that it can't have, have positive aspects, but you're much more on the, on the negative side of it. And there are people out there that are all in and they say that a lot of those negative things, uh, like, especially, well, I, I I don't want to jump the gun here, but there are a lot of people that are really into the, the pro side of it as well. So, I'm just going to cover a few because there's so many, but uh, I am going to cover more of like kind of the, the real world scenarios. And I think one of the, the more, the more likely con of artificial intelligence is human laziness. And I kind of think as a society, we're already pretty lazy, but if you have artificial intelligence that can do stuff for you that you no longer have to do it's going to breed a race of laziness where nobody ever wants to do anything you see all these kind of like in the metaverse where they want to create a virtual reality where you can hang out with your friends without actually having to hang out with your friends because you don't want to leave your house but i think as humans you lose something without that that human interaction. I think the ability to talk to one another, shake hands with one another, look another person in the eye is very important. And not having that experience, but having it replaced by everything being uh, in a a virtual kind of reality because of AI, I think that's kind of um, a bad thing for humans, as well as just the ability if you have AI that can answer questions for you, do homework for you. What are you really learning on your own? So it it becomes a point of, of laziness and education could suffer. So there's, there's a lot of stuff with that. Uh, Another thing you touched on, which could be good, could be bad. I think right now it's definitely leaning towards bad. Uh, As you know, or I'm, I'm sure I've heard of Tesla and other companies are trying to create uh, AI driven cars. So people don't have to drive. And in one regard, I, I respect that. And I like it because it would, it would prevent more unnecessary car crashes than we have. If there'd be no more drunk driving in that scenario, if you just hop in your car, tell it to take you home, if you're inebriated, it's not an issue because you're not actually driving. The downside to that, though, is the number one job for high school educated men is truck driving. And there's millions and millions of truck drivers in the U.S. that would all lose their jobs, the ability to feed their wives, their kids. And that would be a huge demoralizing factor on that 
that section of the economy because now you're you're replacing millions of people with a machine and those people no longer have jobs and the skill set that they do have they can't do anything with because there's no more drive so that's definitely one of the bigger cons of ai and Let i think play, that's probably play devil's advocate yeah go ahead i like so, devil's advocate <laughs> I, I was going to play it a lot but i i'll just i guess play it on this but um do you wear uh do you wear clogs like shoes yeah no do you wear like <laughs> leather handmade leather shoes every day no no but everyone did like 100 years ago and there are yes. still people that have those jobs but it's just a dying form you wouldn't go to school now to, to be you know a leather shoe repairman as a serious career you might do it as a hobby or as a craftsman but like you know that's not like a very big career just to play devil's advocate about the whole truck driver or whatever job that a machine might replace it's just no, that's I, how I, it goes every 50 you know, 100 years yes yeah and like there's, there's always jobs that go that come oh yeah I ra- i'm a race car driver i, mean, I love driving and then and then there's jobs that fall out like like you mentioned however with the leather shoe example, that kind of faded over time and people realized it didn't really make sense to go into truck or to go into making shoe leather shoes because nobody was buying them as much. They didn't just shut down the entire industry. And uh, well, I, I mean, well, to be I, fair, maybe, that once maybe they rubber, did, I, I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Once rubber became like mass produced, it was like a huge quick shift in the industry. Yeah. I, I agree kind of like with that. you. I, like I said, this, this is one of those, it's it's a very debatable topic about whether it's good or bad. I think in the long term, the idea of not having to drive is safer for people. However, in the short term, it's going to cause absolute chaos and, and ruin families. Like, what do you do with all of the truck drivers, especially if they want to try to if they were like by the year 2040, we are no longer going to have human truck drivers. And that gave people 20 years to kind of start looking elsewhere, transition out. I think it would go smoother. Uh, and again, this is all future stuff. I'm not an expert. I don't know what's going to happen, but I know that that's one that that has been in the news a lot that people are talking about. So there there's pros and cons to that as well. The safety, like you mentioned, is is definitely a pro. The millions of people losing their job, that's a con. Uh, so that that's uh, one con as well. Another quick one, I'm, I'm not going to touch too long on this, is uh, artificial intelligence terrorism. Um, I don't, if, if you guys have questions, I can elaborate on that. But um and then the, the big one is going to be the, the one everybody sees in movies, TV shows, your Matrix, your Terminator, your Age of Ultron, end of the world. You create a machine that realizes humans need to be destroyed in order to uh, alleviate the problem that they were created to solve. So that's kind of the big one. And I'm sure that's kind of where Chandler is at on this. Um, yeah. <laughs> that that would be the absolute worst case scenario. I just think if government gets in control of any of this and they have any power involved, 
They're going to keep things a secret like they already do. They're going to cover even more stuff up, and it's going to be 10 times harder to find out. So. Yeah, that's that's totally possible. Um, I'm, I'm going to open the floor up to anybody else who has any other thoughts, if not even just on pros or cons or about the future, but anything, any questions from the past, modern-day technology with AI, or even the future AI like we just covered. Um, I'd like to hear what you guys think about it, what your thoughts are, concerns, what your, what your hopeful AI can do for us as a society or for you personally. Because I do think it's, it's a very broad topic and there's so much that goes into it. And like A-Money touched on earlier, we are truly just in the beginning stages of AI. And I don't really think people look at it that way just with how how advanced they think we are as a society. So there's a lot to unpack here, but I'd like to open the floor up to anybody who has anything they'd like to, to discuss. Oh, come on. <laughs> Somebody has to have a thought. <laughs> well, I think you guys did good, but <clears throat> I think that um, artificial intelligence in today, it, I just coming from an engineering background i just know about like you know what's happening today and with artificial intelligence it's heavily tied into uh, machine learning and with that it's heavily turning tied into consumer electronics i don't think people realize um just how much every day basically all um of the of the operations you perform on your phone have some form of machine learning involved you know, whether it be closing background apps that it knows you haven't used in a while without you manually closing them or whatever it is, adaptive brightness on your phone screen. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, of course, computers have tons of it. Cars. I mean, it, I, the examples we touched on were like, you know, like the, the Hollywood style, like what most people see. But I, I, I really think that people don't realize how much machine learning goes into everything, anything that you buy you know, through the um, a whole, what is that called? A logistics system, you know, warehouses, all that stuff, that everything there uses machine learning. Anything that's automated and computerized, which is everything manufacturing wise, and it just it, really everything uses machine learning at this point. And another thing people don't think about, but almost 99% of people, if not a thousand percent, at least in the US use debit and credit cards. Because you can go, they can, they'll send you a text instantly if you make a transaction that doesn't flag with your transaction history, or if out of nowhere, you have a transaction from Mexico, because it, it deems that as, as not right. You were just in Chicago. How did you get to Mich or, uh, Mexico? Or if yeah. you, a, a big one is with mm -hmm. gambling, people that have no gambling history, and then there's a FanDuel withdrawal for $100 a lot of institutions these days will send you a text on your phone and just say, Hey, saw this transaction. Did you do this or not? But if you make a lot of gambling transactions, they're not going to text you because it's, it knows that you regularly make those. So that's also to, to a, a form yeah. of AI that is used daily that people don't think about. Although to that point, I used to be an engineer at United airlines and we'd get free flights. So I would, we would just, you know, hop over to a different country every weekend and I, you know, if I bought something with my cart, I never got a message 
from PNC. So I don't know if PNC just sucks because I definitely should have gotten a message because I was in a bunch of random places at random times. So maybe my uh, banking system is just <laughs> not not up not, to date. I I have the background in fraud, so that's does. that's kind of what I did. So I I can kind of real quickly address that. Uh, if it's saw you one weekend you're in Jamaica, one weekend you're in Russia, one weekend you're in a, you know Alaska, it'll learn that like okay this guy travels a lot. We're not gonna flag his car mm. as often. Okay. Or at the time you were doing it, they that in this scenario, the institution you named may not have been using that to factor into fraud. And not all institutions use text messaging to alert you. They wait for you to tell them. Uh, but some of them do are proactive about it to try because they want your business. And if they help flag potential fraud, that's good for us as consumers. Mm -hmm. But I do know people because I, I would work with people that would travel a lot. They would never see, they would never see fraud alerts. And then people that they would take a trip to uh, Oklahoma and their card would get declined because they never left Pennsylvania. So wow, it's, that's it, very it, interesting. Yeah. My shopping friend went to Germany for the first time a few years ago and he tried to use his credit card over there. And uh, locked him out. Credit card company called him five minutes later, and it was Capital One saying like, "Yo, what the heck?" And he's like, "I'm," or no, he had to call the company, and they're like, "Yeah, we locked your card because there was a charge over in Germany." He's like, "Yeah, it was me." <laughs> it, it was, uh, but he ended up getting it unlocked. But yeah, they locked his card because they didn't know he was over there. Yeah, that's fun. Uh, if you ever travel. Make sure to tell your credit debit card companies, hey, I'm leaving the state. I'm leaving the country. Like if you're going like on a two hour road trip across state lines, that's not an issue. But no. if you're flying across country and especially if you're going to fly international, always alert your credit card companies that you're going for X amount of days so that they don't flag your card and lock it because otherwise then you have to call. But it's a nice little protective feature you have with a lot of institutions, but that's, that's all a, most of that is AI based. Mm -hmm. I guess you could definitely call that a pro and con of uh, having AI. So it's like on one side, it is actually really helpful, but then also on the other side, it's like, well, sometimes it can be that's a incredible inconvenience, <laughs> you know? So. I think that how you said that is the perfect way to say that. Cause I think that is a pro that happens to also sometimes be inconvenient. I don't mm -hmm. think it's a con because if you were looking at it, if you in Chandler's scenario, if his buddy had gone or if his buddy had never gone to Germany and they allowed a transaction from Germany, the normal person would be like, why would you allow this transaction yeah. to Germany? I live in the U.S. But he went to Germany, tried to use his card and they flagged it and shut it down. So I think that's actually a pro, but it could be viewed as an inconvenience when you're in that person's shoes, yeah. which I think is a lot of what AI, the debate on AI is. There's a lot of pros and cons that can be viewed as either an inconvenience or a perk, but we don't really know yet what it's going to be. It's like, it, like, like I said before, it's like, we're, we're not, we're not there yet. I, I like to, I like to say in like this kind of term because what I, what I, while I was like looking like looking at this stuff, um, it really is we're in we're in the 
like baby starting to learn how to walk stages of of uh of this of this um of this era in ai techno ai technology it's like even as crazy as like the the humanoid like robots being able to talk like that's talk to uh, hold conversations with people right now that we have it's still in its like infantile stages of development like we're nowhere well we're 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 there but we're also nowhere near uh the next the next step like the next step into into uh into that field yeah yes i i agree with what you just said and i also somebody had brought up a good point earlier Uh, i think it was ethan about the leather shoes back in the day whereas that was what people did that was they wore those that that was the style fast forward to today some people wear them, but that's not really the style. I, a lot of it has to do with the age that you live in. Go back, you know, before cars were invented, everybody took horses and buggies everywhere. We now look back at them and they're like, how did you live your life that way? Or how did you live your life prior to the internet? I think 100, 200 years from now, people will look back at us and be like, how did you live without artificial intelligence? Like, how did you... You know, you know who so that? a lot of it is just perspective and age that we're in. It's a really famous quote. You just must famously quoted about saying that he says that uh, self-driving cars will do to cars what the car did to the horse. <laughs> you can you can still buy a horse today. You can still ride a horse if you want, but that's just not what you do if you want to get anywhere. You know, realistically, and he says you know in fifty years or so. Um, you can still buy a, a car that you can drive yourself and for enthusiasts like myself or whoever that may be, that's something that you would want to do. But as for the, you know, the, the everyday man, the, the mass market of people, the no brainer decision would be to buy a self-driving car. So that's a funny thing that you, you quoted Elon Musk. <laughs> Without even knowing it. Uh, any think- final closing thoughts from Tish Chandler or Jared? You guys have been uh, quiet, just soaking up all of the vast knowledge we've been spewing on you three. I think eventually we're going to be asking ourselves. I mean, we've kind of been asking this question for hundreds of years now, but like we're going to probably unpack it more. Um, what is uh, consciousness? And then we're going to be trying to figure out does like once we develop AI and they get more complex, we're going to be trying to figure out, does AI actually have consciousness? Yep, and that's, and then is... eventually we're going to be talking about possibly, possibly like uh, AI, AI rights. Um, and then who knows, maybe they'll disband and have their own AI civilization. That's what, you know, that's, it's like doomsday uh, side of it, but who knows, they might be like, these humans are too destructive, they're too violent. Um, the way they have their democracy, their government, everything set up, it's uh, uh, archaic to them. Um, there, there might be uh, there's a, definitely a better way. Who knows? There's a really interesting thought experiment, and you guys can all do this in your head. Um, and I'll just kind of touch on, on the experiment. But to Tisha's point about what is consciousness, what, what makes a human, a human. If you're in a car accident and you lose your leg and get a get an artificial limb, are you still a human? If you're in another car accident and lose your other leg and get a second artificial limb, 
are you still human? Carry that Should on. Should you be on the road at that point? You lose one arm, you lose another arm. At what point do you stop? You get a pacemaker put in, you get uh, an iron lung. At, at what point do you, does a human stop being a human? And is there a difference if AIs are capable of thinking by themselves, of living on their own, are they then not another life form just because they were created and not born like we know in our ecosystem? But I always found that interesting. I remember learning about that in church camp, just kind of, uh, uh, and everybody's opinion on that is different. I think most people would view somebody with an artificial limb as still human, but if you have four fake artificial limbs, a pacemaker, you have, uh, you know, uh, um, I'm blanking, uh, something they put in your brain to help your, the uh, electro neurons fire. At what point do you stop becoming a human? Yeah, I, I agree, man. I don't think disabled people are humans. So I agree with you, Jonah. <laughs> <laughs> that, Bro, what no, are you saying? Sorry, uh, sorry for that crowd over there. Bro, Jonah is literally saying right now disabled people are not even human. <laughs> no, well, uh, Jared, yeah. you have, uh, Jared, you have an opinion on that. that I do. I work with people with disabilities. And I know. No, yeah, they're humans. They're humans. <laughs> no no they are I, no, obviously but, they're humans <laughs> that 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 went in a very dark spiral very quickly from where i intended <laughs> it but yeah. the 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 moral um, of, the, the, story, of the thought experiment is how at what point if you're 90 percent robotic are you know is it the brain that makes somebody a human is it the heart that makes somebody a human is it a thought process what is it that makes somebody a, a human? And I think that line is, is drawn very differently depending on each person's values and belief systems and just what they think. And I think that kind of touches on, on what Tish was saying about AI and them getting rights. And so if the same qualities you use to define a human can be applied in the same stratosphere to a different life form, even though they may not have any organic tissue, should that still be a life form? And, and Jonah, just adding on to that, I, I think that is the, like, the underlying big question to the, the Turing test is like, can a machine think? And I feel like, I feel like if anybody, if any of us uh, would maybe agree, it's like one of the things that does make humans humans are our ability to think. So it's like, where does that line then that that line then stop like is that is that it like if a machine can finally think for itself would you classify it as human i mean what about but, what about this question what do you what do you think is alive does it does something have to think to be alive that's that's that deep, sounds like a question for a different yeah. podcast um that's cool. definitely a deep question i mean because yeah. You, you once you break it down to like bacteria you can't really yeah, exactly. say they think in terms of <laughs> let's let's turn left let's head towards the kidney it's mm. just like in their dna it's instinctive like we're gonna multiply we're gonna reproduce we're gonna move on and it's right. just there's no there's no, no conscience uh, but there's life yeah yeah exactly yeah, you know? I, yeah. I would think like exactly. even your yeah so and it's it's different because i i would you 
I would classify bacteria as alive because, but they don't have a heartbeat. They don't have a, a thought process per se, I, but somebody yeah, else. I think also scientists would also classify those as alive. Okay. Yeah. So, but if AI, could, organisms. <laughs> if AI could function in that capacity, would that also be alive? Yeah. There's a, I, uh, like, like adding on to that, I, I would I would say it's like the the capacity to make logical decisioning, um, right? Would be like that one that would be alive, so that would also fall underneath the same thing as like if you were really to extrapolate that far into like, well, if it's alive, then bacteria counts that. But like animals themselves can make um, like logical decisions to a certain degree. Um, as well as human, as well as obviously humans. So it's like if a machine can make logical decisions, does that mean it's alive, or does like does that mean that like well, how would you how would you describe that as you know? You know, I think I was, for hu- Go ahead. No, no, I was going to change it. Go ahead, Jenna. Oh, I was just going to say, I personally, for me, I think for human, like to be a human means you have some sort of uh, set of morals or ethics that you abide by. I'm not saying all humans are great people. There's been, you know, countless examples of really bad human beings, Mm -hmm. but as a society, we kind of know the difference from right and wrong. Uh, Or if you do something, you know, you shouldn't, you feel bad about it afterwards, instead of just looking at it and saying, this was the best decision. Like a lot of computer programs, AI might just run the data and say, well, this has a 52% chance the other option is a 48% chance. So we go with the 52 and we never look back. Whereas nah. humans are some set of guilt or remorse or just like uh, emotions involved. Nah, bro. No, that's, that's bad, Jonah, man. You got, listen, you could program easily a robot to have the same exact feeling. Like what would most people think this is the right thing? It's that's literally AI, you know, thinking what a database, what most people, you know, learning from most people and, figure out what the right decision would do that that you could easily train an ai robot to do that what classifies a human i would say is it has carbon carbon-based life forms instead of you know silicon <laughs> literally you know I mean, like life I, I well i i think you misunderstood what i was trying to say yeah. or i didn't say it very well obviously you could program something to make the best decision but I'm have you ever made a decision that you knew was right, but still felt bad about it? Yeah. Okay. Can you teach that to an AI to feel yeah. bad about a decision it made? Yes. That's, that's literally what AI is meant. That's, that is, yes. So We're- when, when shoes pop up on my Instagram, it's going to feel bad if it sends me a brown shoe instead of black when I wanted a brown shoe. No. Of course not, because that's not what it's designed to do. You, you could design if you were trying to make it, uh, some sort of program or artificial machine learning to feel bad about something and that would influence its next decision. Then, yeah, you could do that. <laughs> it just that's not desirable for, you know, ads like you just said. But I will say I, I wished that you guys would have brought up. This is a really good one. Have you guys ever heard of the game of life? Not the board game life, but there's. This, this like, uh, it's a computer program. It's called the Game of Life. And it's, um, it's literally, uh, it's a zero player game. That's what it's called. Because the person playing does not actually have any input. It's basically like this grid of pixels 
and each pixel has a rule uh, and it makes a logical decision and just makes decisions. And, um, you know, if it can only move, it has certain rules to follow, like it, it can only move a certain way or something. And it, you know, every, I think it makes like five decisions a second or whatever, and you can watch it multiply. And it's, it basically looks like bacteria and it's, it's a form of artificial intelligence. It's, it's uh, really thought provoking, but you guys should take a look at it. It's called the game of life. Yeah, I'll check it out. I haven't heard of it before. So. It, it literally follows exactly what we were just saying, where it has, oh, it wow. makes its own decisions. It, it has a rule base, and there, but there's no human input. It's it's pretty cool. Hmm. Interesting. Well, so I hope you guys all learned a little bit more about AI. I know when A Money was going through the the past of it, I didn't know that it dates all the way back to the the mid 1950s 60s so i thought that was extremely interesting uh and then obviously the modern uses we touched on and then it's always fun to get into a little lively debate about where we think the future could be so i enjoyed that thank you all for joining us today it's been a pleasure i hope the uninformed are now a little bit more informed and we will catch you guys next week thank you guys